This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Defense Department has learned a thing or two in the pandemic. For instance, officials are now singing the praises of telework, saying they've shattered the myth that everyone needs to be in the office at all times. Federal News Network Scott Massioni has been following this change of heart. He joins me now with more. Scott, what are they saying about telework now and who's saying it? They're saying pretty much exactly what you just said. Lisa Hirschman said to the T that they really shattered the myth that DOD can't do telework. That's because in, in the past, the Defense Department always said its, its old excuse was that it needed to access classified information. Those people needed secure networks to tap into and therefore needed to be there in person. However, what Lisa Hirschman, the, the chief management officer of the Defense Department, said is that they've learned very quickly not everyone works with classified information, and even those that do, it's not 100% of the time. So they've started to relook at what the mix is and you know what certain positions need to uh, actually be in the office and when they need to be in the office. So it's really changed the way they look at the schedules of people, you know, when people need to come in, you know, maybe you just come in for one day a week, something like that, just to, to tap into the skiffs and the, the classified networks. Uh, but, you know, the Defense Department may never look the same and you can have, you have coronavirus to thank for that. All right. And is she talking about mainly the Pentagon itself or is this kind of the phenomenon they're seeing all over the military establishment? It's pretty much all over the military establishment. And what's really interesting about this is, you know, the military is always looking out for really the best and brightest, the best talent they think they can possibly get. Well, you know, Cyber Command might be here in, in Fort Meade, but if you live in California and you don't want to move to Fort Meade, well, if you don't work with classified information or you can fly down here every couple of months or whatever just to use the classified uh, data that you need to use well they can hire someone in california now so it's opening some doors for the defense department uh, in the sense that the different commands can get people from all over the nation or even all over the world if they want to so it's something they're really looking into and hoping that they can expand their their whole human resources ability and i imagine they're looking also at technical means for people to work remotely with secret and classified material there's got to be a way to do that yeah i'm i'm sure they're looking into it you know i, I think dana deezy the chief information officer of the defense department has really been trying to expand the telework infrastructure right now for just the the regular not secret public kind of stuff but uh you know i think as soon as they start clamping down on that they're really going to start looking into it and lisa hirschman mentioned that she has people that are already looking at how they can find a prime balance between telework and, and in person. Uh, you know, and they, what they found is that stuff that's really highly transactional, people are just super productive on that. They had one individual who was 30% more productive. And when they asked why, it was because they had fewer interruptions and fewer meetings. They had 10. So what they were doing was just sitting in the quiet and doing their work and, and doing it at their own pace, which, uh, you know, is helpful for some people who don't live that regular nine to five sort of uh, working habit. And maybe having a cat in the lap that you can scratch the head of yeah, helps too. Exactly. So is there evidence or signs that the Pentagon will be, cha- or the Defense Department will be changing its telework policies? Well, uh, you know, it's it's kind of working on that right now. Like I said, they're looking into studies at it. But there's other places that that are also doing the same thing. So the Army's already put in a, a policy that they want people to look at to see if they can expand telework policy. And look, they've already shown that they can do it. The Navy, uh, the Navy personnel uh, chief, uh, General Noel, he said that his workforce was teleworking at probably 95 to 97%. That's more than 700 people in his office that were that were working remotely. And they really didn't have any sort of issue. He said he'd imagine some sort of hybrid situation. 
And, you know, what he also said was that the money they can save in office space, well, that can go into being runways or being harbors or whatever else they need, saves the Defense Department some money and, and some um, important infrastructure. We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Massioni. And on an unrelated note, 5000 series, which is the regulations concerning defense procurement, there has been an ongoing program of updating those regulations. But that seems to have slowed down a little bit because of the pandemic. Yeah. So the acquisition, the 5000 series is really sort of the Bible for acquisition and procurement within the Defense Department. And what they were doing is just consistently putting out new guidance from this. So, uh, you know, some of it was about mid-tier acquisition, some of it was hiring services, also just general overarching guidelines. But now the uh, defense assistant defense secretary for acquisition, Kevin Fay, he said that's kind of come to a standstill. They have other fish to fry at this point. And, uh, you know, what they were going to work on this year was incorporating mission engineering into procurement. They also wanted to better some of the portfolio management across the department and focus on more data-driven acquisition. But that's going to not be the case. And uh, they're just going to have to wait a little bit longer for that and uh, just keep working on some of the stuff that they've already put out. And that's because they simply can't meet in person. I mean, if teleworking is so great, why can't the council that handles these things just do everything remotely. Right. Well, I think uh, par- it's partly that they can't meet, but also just because that they're traveling so much in separate areas, working on other things like the Defense Production Act and uh, other, you know, COVID-related stuff that they just don't have time to kind of fit this in. And, and with everything else, it's just one of those things that you wish you could do, but it just doesn't fit on the plate. And at the same time, Undersecretary Ellen Lord is saying that acquisition itself aside from the regulations, but the activity is getting back on track. Undersecretary for Acquisition and Sustainment Ellen Lord predicted a three-month delay for major acquisition systems when the coronavirus first took hold. But now they said they made some amazing inroads in coming back to the prior productivity levels. And the only areas that they're really concerned about are aircraft suppliers and space, and then also shipbuilding. But the big one is aircraft uh, suppliers. That's because they have really taken a hit in the commercial world and uh, you know, therefore that has affected the defense world. So they're trying to keep their, their eye on the prize with that and uh, make sure that those companies get the sort of uh, industrial-based stimulus that they need to stay on track. And briefly, the National Defense Authorization Act is really starting to attract a lot of amendments, isn't it? There were more than 700 amendments that were proposed, but only about 400 of them were actually ruled in order, which means that they're going to be voted on and debated. So they're going to have a lot of work to do over the next couple of days as they go through this and and sort it out. There's everything in there from talking about federal pay to creating a director of cyber for the, the White House to moving maintenance money over until future years. So a lot for them to debate in the uh, coming days. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his DOD Reporter's Notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.